on maynard.com.au. AU! All right, folks, here we go. It's the return. It's the Bunga Bunga Show. The Bunga Bunga Show. Bunga Bunga 68, the first since May. In May, we had one bunga, and it's been a long time waiting for this bunga. This will only result in disappointment for everyone concerned. Because we've been locked down, locked up. Good haircut, Tim. Good haircut. Thanks very much, Maynard. I grew it myself. Uh, fantastic. Well, what's it been like for you anyway? You've been going out uh, doing speeches on the balcony? Yes, I did a bit of an Eva Peron, a bit of a sing. So don't cry for me, Argentina. The truth is I never left. It went very, very well. And what about you? Well, I've just been in the one room. <laughs> the whole time with lots of records and been doing stuff for the Castanet Club exhibition which is running in Newcastle at the museum there till the 14th of November for most of the exhibition no one could see it because it was shut that's a bit like trying to get tickets to go and see the Castanets because it was always sold out They've made a documentary on us, of which you were in there, Tim. I uh, managed to get in there making salient comments about the Castanet Club, one of which that Australia gets Castanets as part of their cultural landscape, whether they like it or not. You'll love this one, Tim. The ABC rejected the documentary that was made on the Castanet Club that wasn't by us, it was by an external person. They said it was too niche. What do you reckon of that, Tim? I think you might have something to say about that. Uh-oh, what's going to happen now? Well, considering the ABC itself is a niche, it's a niche of people. There are people who are like friends of the ABC. Have you seen those people in those T-shirts? Oh, they're both great. Would you ever stop in the street and say, I want to know more about you as a person? They think the ABC needs friends. I really wouldn't worry that the ABC thought the castanets were too niche. This is a network that puts on cartoons for children that don't involve animation because that would be expensive. Is it just somebody's hand making shadows on a wall? Hey, man, what you do with Mr Squiggle in your own time is your own business. With this very podcast, Bunga Bunga and Planet Maynard in general, who's been getting some great reviews from American customers all this time you've been saying how much they loved us, it turns out it does. You go to the Apple Podcasts American store, change to America, and we've got nine five-star reviews. Nine five-star reviews from Americans, and they know what they're talking about. Um, My favourite's from (laughs) from Joe Biden's Femboy. says that don't let the pace of the show put you off. It's funny. Because Americans like to move along at the pace of country music. She's acting single I'm drinking double Of course, Bunga Bunga moves along at the pace of quick country music. Bunga Bunga News. Tim, what have you got coming up? I'm doing a live show in Melbourne at the Forum Theatre, November 30. I can barely believe that after three postponements, thanks to, I don't know, something was happening in Melbourne. Oh, yeah, nothing. I can finally do my show, Fast Life on Wheels, in Melbourne. That's your motivational show? They're all motivational, (laughs) Maynard. But Fast Life on Wheels is about my very, very fast life. 
on very, very wheels. And you haven't had a chance to do it in Melbourne yet. No, because I was going to do it in 2019, shut down. <laughs> then late 2019, go away. <laughs> then 2020, what are you doing here? <laughs> but then finally, briefly, until, of course, the Delta variant looks like a Toyota crown, it'll drive in and ruin everything. But in that brief window of time on November 30, I'm going to wheel onto stage and try as hard as I can to be tragic and hilarious at the same time. There are some who call me Tim. They let you uh, write letters again to the people in Melbourne. What's everyone like there at the moment? They are pale. I saw them on the oh, beach. Yeah. Did you see that photograph of Melbourne on the beach the other day? There they were with those little colourful sheds at Brighton Beach and they were all dressed in jumpers and boots and wearing black with that great Melbourne tan which looks closer to characters from Twilight. I've got a few things coming up in December, although in November we will be recording the very Maynard Christmas, but I thought we did all that last year. Let's have a very Maynard Christmas 1982. What a great year 82 was. That was the year that followed 1981, one of the classics. Well, I'm going to base the entire show around the Top of the Pops Christmas show from 1982, which, of course, will have one of my favourites, Murray Wilson, but more importantly, Dex's Midnight Runners, Musical Youth, and Toto Coella will be singing a Christmas song. Your special <laughs> events like that and David Essex are always amazing, Maynard. Definitely worth a watch. Where do we find that? It's going to go to air on the evening of the 28th of November, which will be the Saturday night, and you'll be able to uh, watch along. There's a lot of inappropriate entertainment. I've found some uh, photos from over the years. We're going to be asking people to send in Christmas photos of their cats, which was very successful last time I had one. I just said, look, send us a photo of a disinterested cat. And boy, did we get flooded. Cats, apparently, they're very good at that. <laughs> well, trying to find a photograph of an interested cat is a lot slower. It's not got to be around their food bowl, usually. <laughs> That'll be happening on the 28th, and Tim and I will be hosting that. I'm wearing the rat cat T-shirt, as you can see. It's got a rat and a cat. On the 3rd of December, it's their 30 years of rat cat. That's a bit like your show, Tim. It's been postponed four times, and it's finally going to happen on the 3rd of December. But you wait, something will come along and wipe out both those shows, won't they? Rat sack should pretty well <laughs> fix it up. And I'm also emceeing for the Studio 54 disco show at the Enmore Theatre on the 4th and the 11th of December. That should be a pretty good show as well. But let's stop talk of the future. Let's get to some crank mail, Tim. Crank mail? Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. I haven't heard that animal pissing for months. It must have had a lot stored up. It's former President Donald Trump. Get out. It's true. He is pissing in the year of America. <laughs> Americans queuing up after January 6, where Antifa started all that trouble. The only way to calm America down is to have this gentle urine from President Trump. That way we can all move on. We can all forget what happened. And Antifa, you should be ashamed of yourself dressing up as Trump fans and starting fights. Let's see the Donald giving the piss. January 6th, never forget, never remember. We only got two crank mail. In fact, I'm a bit disappointed. We put a call out for crank mail on Facebook and Twitter and only got two. What's going on, Tim? Oh, man, it's because everybody knows everything. They don't have any questions. <laughs> Sky wants to know, is William Shatner even more cool now he's actually been into space? If it's at all possible to get even more cool stuffed into that frame <laughs> of William Shatner. Could you imagine his toupee in zero G? 
would have been beautiful. In fact, he was wearing a silver-haired toupee. If you're going to go into space, make sure your toupee is the right colour. There's your answer, Sky. Crank mail. On Twitter, Rue Badley made this statement more than a question. How about Fight Club 2, where you break all the rules and talk about Fight Club with your therapist? There's nothing for us to add apart from you really shouldn't have mentioned it. Fight Club 3, In the Bath. Hey, what's your thoughts on the whole thing with Alec Baldwin with the gun going off on the set? Is that the fault of the armourer or does it rest with him being the producer of the movie? Where does it sit? Eventually the producer's the one who's going to have to pay for it. Having used a lot of weapons on sets, shotguns, flamethrowers, I had my own uh, 44 Magnum that was a fully operating weapon. Dust Capital, the All-Stars used to come in with shotguns. And so to hear that one had actually accidentally had a bullet in it took me back to Bruce Lee's son. I don't understand why you would ever have live ammunition on a set anyway, unless you were doing something like Mythbusters where you were shooting a bullet through something. You would have no need to have blanks on the set and maybe the blank propelled something out of the gun. Except why would there be real bullets in America on a set, hang on, back up, back up. What did I just say? Yeah, Why yeah, would yeah. Americans have, what would a real bullet be doing? Hang on, I've got to hit the question. It's the way you ask the question. Time that we ask you a question, Tim, with Tim's historical hypothetical, where we put you into a place in history and ask you, so how do you go at that, Ferguson? I haven't actually prepared for this. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. The year, 2050, the place Possibly Canberra, possibly Australia. You are the Prime Minister of Australia. It might even be New Year's Eve 2049, about to tick over into 2050. You're nowhere near reaching net zero emissions for your green targets. What do you say, Tim Ferguson? Well, I emerge from my bunker. And the smoke. And the smoke. And I take off my goggles and my scuba outfit (laughs) And I tell the world... They go, it's Harold Holt, he's back. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I tell the world that, in fact, we have reached zero emissions. We reached it way, way back. In fact, I'm sure the Prime Minister, if you asked him, would say, yeah, no, we reached net zero a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I would just say it's working out. Why we're covered in water and bushfires at the same time. That's the thing that's newsworthy. Look over there, a butterfly. Nothing to see here. Look at that. Then I'm God and then there is a Scott Morrison-shaped hole in the wall. None of them will be around then, will they? That's why they have agreed to 2050, because they know they'll be dead either from old age or from flying debris from freak storms. The big block between saving the world from people and people is the people. Basically, what the Greens have been trying to tell us all along is that we need to kill the people. You'd think uh, Scott Morrison's missing a John Howard-type opportunity here and he could possibly scapegoat Norway. Yeah, look at them. And there's nothing more joyous than blaming Norway for stuff, including a lot of the 1980s pop music. I will not hear a word against the Living Daylight soundtrack. Is it racist to compare Norwegians with Swedes and say they're the same? Tim? Speaking of others' language, it's time to use some of your language right now with your right of reply. This is where Tim Ferguson gives his right of reply to a question nobody asked. 
Don't expect too much. Tim, you've thought for this for months. You haven't had anything to say about anything till May, so this better be bloody good. Over to you, Tim. Here's your soapbox. The post. Oh, sorry, I forgot you've got a wheelchair. Here's your soapbox and your ramp. A soapbox and a ramp. The post-COVID world, what would it look like? Well, it looks exactly the same as the during-COVID world. The world will go on. The thing that I'm most worried and disappointed about is that the people who did all that great street marching in Melbourne, street marching, going out and buying fluoro jackets and having all that fun running away from the cops and trying to hide in fluoro jackets, they won't have anything to march about. But hopefully they will march about the fact that there is nothing else to march about. The conspiracies must roll on. The idea that the lockdowns were designed to shut down society, to open up a totalitarian regime, that idea must go on. In fact, it will go on. And no matter what happens, even if the sun comes up and everybody gets a free house, someone will say this is all part of the conspiracy any second now. It's sad for the marching because they're going to have to come up with an excuse, but it's good for comedians because eventually they will come up with a dickhead excuse. The theories will roll on. The guy who punched the police horse in Sydney, is the uh, horse getting the right of reply to headbutt him or something? Yes, I read a thing where the horse actually admitted that the horse started because <laughs> the guy looked at him funny or looked funny at him uh, and the horse just, you know, lost it. The poor guy, he didn't actually do anything but defend himself. Your Honour, the horse looked at him funny. Clearly, I mean, if you look at the horse, it's given him the eyeball and the poor guy is terrified in the video, so terrified that he sort of very quickly with a closed fist pushed gently against the horse. I want to go out with a song as usual, Tim, but frankly, Tim, I'm not sure. We can't go with your choice of a song. I don't think this is appropriate. Oh, who hid the halibut on the poop deck? Oh, who hid the halibut on the poop deck? One of the classics. What are you talking about? I think we should go with a classic that was discovered by our friend Richard Saunders and passed to me, and I can't believe not only... Did I not know about this? But it was around the Castanet Club should have done this. This is the theme from Hawaii Five O with lyrics sung by Sammy Davis Jr. It's not going to get any better than that. <laughs> the only thing is we can't find a clip for it, although it is known that Don Lane sang this on his show once on TV. We, If you've got that clip, viewer, we want it. I know a great Don Lane story. Do we have time? I don't think we do. Is it the one about the glass table? No, no. It's (laughs) the one where Don Lane's show was going live and then the producer came running up and said, oh, Mr. Frank Becker wants you to play a certain horse race that played in Melbourne because he didn't see it today. This was the days before (laughs) video machines. And so Don said live, hey, listen, we had a great racehorse today. Let's take a look. And they played it. And then it was like, wasn't that a great horse race? Wow, Australia, blah, blah, blah. Go to ad break, come back. Producer comes and says, Mr. Packer wants you to play it again. (laughs) So Don says, hey, I loved that race so much before, didn't you? Hey, says the audience. Let's take one more look at it. Don Lane told me that story. Those were the days when television was for people who didn't have VCRs. Those were the days when I was working at Channel 9, Mr. Packer was called the owner. Nobody would actually mention Packer wants this or Kerry wants that. They would just say the owner liked last night. The owner would like to see more explosions of cars. 
Well, that was a great thing. We don't forget your toothbrush. You'd take someone's car from the house without telling them. I'd offer them money in the studio. Are we allowed to blow up your bomb? They'd always say yes because the car was a bomb. And then we would blow it sky high and you just can't do that anymore, can you? Of course, you are talking to a Logie Award-winning person here. Tim Ferguson won an Australian Logie for outstanding uh, work in the category of blowing up cars or something, wasn't it? What I really wanted was the Norwegian Logie, but there you go. My comments about Sweden backfired. We've been completely ignored by the Australian Podcasting Awards again this year, Tim. Oh, yeah. What are they thinking of? I think there's one by the, the Commonwealth Bank or something, but put your money with us. That's yeah, a yeah, very yeah, funny yeah, podcast. Yeah, like, yeah. give your money yeah. to the Commonwealth Bank. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> hilarious. Get going, get dancing, get moving with Sammy. Sammy Davis Jr., Hawaii Five O. You can count on me. The lyrics that just don't scan or fit, but they're there. And Sammy, as always, is overselling it. And with those wacky eyes, his surfing is something to be believed. Don't trust in the Lord, trust in Jack Lord. See ya, Tim. See ya, Maynard, and goodbye, listeners. Next time we see you, it'll be Christmas. Christmas special coming up. If you get in trouble, bring it home to me. Bunga, bunga. Whether I am near you or across the sea. Don't you let them get you up against the wall Cause I'll be there to catch you And I won't let you fall Call me if they hit you below Call me when there's nowhere to go And I'll be there You can count on me If they all desert you And you start to bend You know I won't let them hurt you And I don't pretend Don't call if you got nothing to say Don't call me if you just want to play But call me on Devil's Day You can count on me You can count on Bunga 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 on Maynard.com.au Hey you Bryson and Hugh Everything digital